Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan Zone Podcast. Delighted to be back with you this time for episode sixty-two. The episodes are uh, they're racking up. There's uh, a lot of them coming at you, so we appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to uh, to join us. We are blown away by the support since since we started, but especially over the last few weeks, you've all been exceptional. So a very good evening to you all who are listening live and a, a warm welcome to those of you who are perhaps catching up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcast where we are. Bit of a, a good game on Saturday, weren't it? It was uh, it was alright, to be fair. So uh, yeah. let's just get stuck in, shall we? So, for those of you who have uh, got to BDIs, you will realise that, of course, Colin isn't with us this evening, unfortunately. The last we heard, he was uh, somewhere in Belgium drinking a pint of seven, I mean, Stella. Um, See what I did there? You. Yeah, Colin can't be with us. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, he's uh, he's stuck in his bathroom uh, and can't get out. So we'll uh, we'll have to do this evening's episode without him. But without further ado, we will dive straight in to our post-match reactions. As always, let us know as we go through what your thoughts are. On what we're talking about, let us know your post-match reactions. Give us, perhaps you could sum it up in three words for us down in the comments below. Uh, if you're watching along at home or listening back on Spotify and want to get involved, then head over to our socials and you'll find out all the details about the live streams. Uh, but Chris, we'll go over to you first. We usually go to Ange, but Chris, we'll uh, we'll give you a turn. What did you make? Oh, what did you make of uh, Saturday's performance? All right, wasn't it? Um, we were a bit slow to get going, weren't we? Let's be realistic. I wasn't... Well, I certainly didn't foresee a 7-0 win after, what, 30, 30, 34 minutes when we scored the first goal. Um, I thought they looked well organised. I thought it was going to be one of those days. Um, but, my God... Um, I think it's it. I think it's wrong to get get too carried away. Um, in the sense that there's not many teams who will let us play like that. Um, and when we realise that we have the opportunity to play how we want to play, like without any resistance. It just became ridiculous and it was so good, so good to watch. It was that second half was it's it's gotta be up there, hasn't it, with one of the most ruthless performances. Well, it is the most ruthless performance, apart from United kids in the Papa John's, Bristol Street Motors, whatever, um at our ground. Um madness, but 
No, can't get carried away. It's only three points, and we've got two massive league games ahead of us away at Oxford and Portsmouth. Um, but we couldn't go into those two games in better fettle. Um, and they couldn't be going into them in any worse um, with the results over the weekend. Yeah, it, it was a mad one. It was a mad one. But, yeah, it was brilliant to watch and enjoy it. You won't get to see many of those. I, I was thinking, I've seen a few massive results, but they were back at Burnden Park in the league. So Swindon, we beat Swindon 7-0. We beat Walsall 8-1 when Tony Caldwell got five. So, but it's just nice to see us putting teams to the sword and showing what we're capable of doing and taking the handbrake off. It's um, it's a phenomenal sight. Um, it absolutely so, is. Um, I've as... put off by all the bath comments in 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 the thread. Um, <coughs> Sunday night is normally bath night. Yeah, 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 etc. I think it's only fair to explain to anyone who might not have seen you, Chris, as to what the bath comments are about. <laughs> Do you want to? Sh should we play the clip? Oh, you are. Oh, you are. I've not. I've not. Non VT. Tell us all about it. Do you want me to put myself through that? Um, yeah, go on. So. Yesterday at half time for the second, I think it's only the second time we rolled out the giant inflatable bath. And there's a competition to fire balls into said bath, which I got roped into doing um, by Jack Barnes from Bolton Wanderers in the community. Thanks, Jack. Big shout going out to Jack for that humiliation. Um, and I didn't do very well. Um, as Jake said, it was woeful, was right behind it as well, couldn't hit a barn door, <laughs> which which is true. Um, however, I will caveat that by saying you have absolutely no control over it whatsoever. Um, without making excuses, the guy from, I don't know, I think it's a promotions company who do it, um, has a little controller with two dials on it and three buttons and you have to calibrate the thing to shoot. So you say make it more powerful and increase the angles to get a higher trajectory and more power and he went across the floor. So I'd have been better off with boots on, I think. Um, but congratulations to Andy who won a signed football um, which he gave to his lad, Jake. So... When all said and done, it all works out in the end. Um, so fair play. Uh, Malk, why can't the ball be kicked in? I don't yeah, know. Why don't we kick it in? It's you know what? Hard. I tell you what, it's absolutely miles away. So from <laughs> from from the, the touchline to the, the center circle, which is where the bat's located, and I'm only little, but my god, I don't think I could have kicked it. I, I don't think I could have reached Malcolm, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but hey, it was a good laugh. I enjoyed it. So there you go. Anyway, on with the show. Sorry, Ange. You'll not be doing that one again, will you? No, no. For those of you who uh, who would like to 
to to, to view the uh, halftime showing. There is a a link in the comments that may or may not take you to our Twitter page that has said video. So if you are that way inclined, then feel free oh. to just have a nosy. But Enjoy. It's up to you. <laughs> and what did you make of the game? Not Chris's game, the the, the other one. <laughs> the actual game. Stark in contrast, could you really? Well, it was it was very unexpected. So the first twenty-five-ish minutes, I was thinking, "Oh bloody hell, here we go again." I was like, "They're going to nick us on the break. They've done night, but we're not putting away." And when I mean, you get that familiar niggle of, "Oh god, here we go." Um, but then, oh my God, did we switch it on? Um, and we kept it on. So for me, it was that ruthlessness, that that cutting edge, that clinical edge that sometimes we've been lacking. Um, we had something like 24 shots or something, I think, and they had one. Nathan Baxter could have nipped off and done his Christmas shopping. Oh, I don't think he did a thing yesterday. Um Seemed like a waste of a day for him to be stood in the sticks. Um, beautiful goals. That first goal was a beautiful team goal. Um, I had a right good day. Indeed. Uh, lots of the lots of the comments in the chat reflecting exactly that. Um, Johnny has said that some of the goals and the chances uh, and the interplay were first class. Some of the best one-two touch passing we've seen for a while. Which is a really good point, I thought, especially from the set piece. The the, the way that the ball was worked from from that was was fantastic. Uh, and all of you um, keen. Uh, Haters of the, the short corner <laughs> wouldn't mind seeing a few more of them. Um, oh, sorry, the corner, like you sorry. said, was fantastic. I it was, was trying to bring one up then, actually, which is that one. So Brand Brandon mm -hmm. says, did you see Baxter trying to keep warm? And that links into a question that Statman Callum tried his best to answer, but it would have meant him watching the entire game with a stopwatch, which was um, how much time did Nathan Baxter spend outside, outside his penalty area versus inside it? Um, and, and he's done quite well, actually, because he's, he's, he's actually pulled a stat which shows his average position in during the game. Um, and it is outside the box. So from that, you can glean that... Um, he spent more time outside his box than in it. And he was wearing yellow yesterday and it was a bit muddy. And that kit doesn't need to go in wash, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Straight back in. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone in the comments, very, very on board with, with everything that, that, that we've said so far. There's lots of wows and just really complimentary words. Uh, some nice comments for Dan, obviously grabbing his oh, league goal, which was he proper got lovely. me in the fields yesterday. His little face and his Everybody. celebration, and he's he cried. I was like, oh my god, he needed that. He needed that so much yesterday. 
God love him. <laughs> yeah. He did indeed. Uh, the way that the group rallied around him as well and congratulated on it was was, was really nice to see. Uh, and I think we've talked about it before on other episodes that, you know, lots of players have referenced that this is one of the best groups that they've been in throughout their time as a player. And, and you can see that each and every week in the way that, that they get around one another. Um, Jake has said there, chuffed to bits for Dan. Um, everyone on the same page with that one. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, a good day. Good day had by all. So we will hand over to Ange now for her fan zone man of the match. So as always, if you want to pop who your man of the match was yesterday in the chat and we'll have a chat up and see what you think as an audience. Um, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling this week because there were some absolutely fantastic performances yesterday all over the pitch. Um, but we'll start with, we'll go with you, Ben, first. It is a really tough one because there were there's so many different contenders that you could give for different things, obviously. Dion getting two is more than noteworthy for, for a man on a match contention. Paris was excellent. Um, Thomason, another one. Uh, really, really difficult to pick one. Um, but I think overall, the, the player that just about edges it for me, which probably seems unfair, is Paris. And I think even though he's probably done really similar things to everyone else on the pitch, the way he does it never fails to amaze me. His technical ability and the way that he's he's so composed for someone of his age. His finishing is sublime. The way he moves the ball is, is excellent. He's just fantastic. Um, there's really not much more to, to add to that. I think he was great, really, really good. And... Uh, Chris, just just jog my memory. What was the phrase that you gave before? What were you gonna say? What are you gonna do if we uh, don't sign him? I'm gonna burn the ground down. <laughs> LED screens a lot. Big bath. Big bath is gonna. Big bath is <laughs> Highly flammable. Um, yeah, it's all going in there. Terps matches. God, tell you. I would uh, absolutely agree with that. He's a what a player. So yeah, for me, Paris gets it. Paris for Ben, and over to you, Chris. Um, as Ben said, there's so many, so many that you could nominate. Um, ones that weren't mentioned there. Um, notable mentions for Gethin Jones, who was phenomenal yesterday. I think you just you just got to temper it by saying that. With with all due respect to Exeter, I don't think we'll play a worse team this season. Um, if I'm honest, shocking, shocking. Uh, and I'm not talking. I don't. You know, obviously, you know, I'm I'm not a football manager, and it's not for me to say. So I'm not going to comment on football inability. I'm going to comment on body language. Attitude, I thought it stank. If that was my team, I'd be absolutely fuming. But anyway, um, Santos was unbelievable. I, I, control, oh, it was frightening. It was frightening. It was so easy. But for me, 
Paris Magoma. He's just different class, that lad. And he was phenomenal yesterday. So my man of the match is Paris Magoma. Good stuff. And so for me, I mean, Owen Toll will not have an easier game this season. He had a, a million acres of space around him. I don't think they bothered to mark him at all. Um, I thought Jack had a cracker. I think Randall will struggle a little bit. That's yeah. a real competition. That's a real competition for that place now. Um, I thought Gethin had a great game. Um, Santos as always rock at the back, but just did, didn't didn't really have much to do. Dealt with it all. Really. It was it a centre back they had playing up top yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's what's going on? What's that? They, they had no choice. It, well, seemed they had two strikers on the bench, but. Yeah, you don't know how to press. You don't know how to play, though. It was it was embarrassing. Terrible. Anyway, um, but I went with, because I never give him, I barely ever give him man of the match because we ex I expect it of him week in, week out. And he got two goals and assists yesterday. So I'm going Dion Charles. But, good way. Yeah, it's a two to one vote on the panel. So our fans are man of the match. Is Paris Magoma and the chat is oh, I think we've got this seven or eight games. Keeping up with all them. Yeah, okay. I haven't left it. I've just left started it. Writing names there and then, oh god, it's the whole team between you. So yeah, I think it's a really split decision from the and I like these ones because everybody stepped up, everyone we didn't even get out of second gear, I didn't no. think we had we had more gears to go through, but um yeah, I think it's been a tricky one this week, which is always a nice problem to have. Very. Yes. Um, just on the, the people in the chat, I mean, we really, really appreciate you all your messages in. If we do miss you, then we really are sorry. But I was literally just looking the the upcoming segments and looking at the video to make sure they were all in there. But it took me about 30 seconds, and in that time, there were 36 comments that had been put on. So it's... Uh, it's pretty tough keeping up with you all, um, but we can see loads of you in here, like Brandon, Mark, David, Chris, Bailey, Chloe, all of you, Matt. Thank you all very much for for getting your comments on. We uh, we massively appreciate it. Chloe, put you and in we'll get of stuck Chris. in. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks, Chloe. Yeah, huge slice of sarcasm. <laughs> Uh, and without further ado, we'll get stuck into not Collins, but Collins pretty much pressing. So, next league game Oxford United. Uh, Tuesday night. Ooh, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be a cracker. Oxford closely followed by Portsmouth. It's a, it's a it's a tough old tough old uh, run of fixtures that. And Chris, I'm not sure if it is in your fan zone fan focus. Uh, so forgive me <laughs> if it is. But I saw a question that was posted on Twitter before uh, in in one of our replies, uh, and the name of who it was escapes me. But uh, it was if we beat both of those teams. Uh, is yeah. the league ours to lose? So Brandon, I'm going to say again. I think it was Brandon who came up with that one. Brandon, yes, that that would make sense. Uh, yeah. So in the in the chat, give us a, a yes or a no. Is can, can, can the league be in our hands 
after these two games? Give us a yes or a no. Chris, we'll go to you. Give us a no. a little bit of an aberration. What do you think? No. Cool. And <laughs> no aberration. <laughs> it's December. <laughs> Simple. Next. Oh, I kind of feel like it is. I kind of feel like it is in our hands. It feels like our season. We just have to keep winning. As long as we do yeah. look after what we're doing, everyone else can do what they want. We're now top. We need to stay there. <laughs> Finished. End of. Yep. It's uh, very, very mixed replies in the in the chat. I'll be completely honest with you. There are so many people. I mean, Matt's gone yes. Mark's gone yes. Peter said yes. Jake's gone no. Kelly said no. Andrew's gone no. Um, there's Malk's gone no. There's there's really really people batting both ways. It's uh it's an interesting one. It's I mean it certainly wouldn't do us any hard to give over. It certainly <laughs> wouldn't do us any harm. Uh, <laughs> certainly wouldn't do us any harm to uh, to pick up six points there. I mean. Crikey. Uh, but moving on from that, I'm going to bring you, uh, I think, my newly favourite segment, which is, of course, Easy. our resident stat man, Callum. And uh, his new segment, Get Stat On. Good evening, ladies and gents. I am back, the stat man himself. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm previewing the uh, next game against Oxford United, who uh, currently sit third in the table, just three points off Bolton. However, they're outperforming their XG by 10 goals. May sound good at first, but that means their success is likely to be unsustainable. And they're going to, well, probably, don't want to jinx it. Oh, maybe I do, I don't know. They are probably going to start struggling soon, so... Who knows, it could be on Tuesday night. Also, they've outperformed their defensive XG, meaning that teams that play against them should score more goals than do, in open play at least. Uh, and they will look to dominate the ball, so it should be an exciting tactical battle, because Everett will obviously want to do the same. Cameron Brannigan appears to be the main threat for Oxford, with four goals and four assists this season. Interestingly, he's actually in the top 8% of League One players for shots per 90. So expect some long shots from range. So if Baxter will test himself from there. Uh, a late night kickoff, obviously. So the only son that will be in attendance is Oxford youngster Sonny Perkins. Yes, I know what you're thinking. How do I think of these amazing puns on a week-to-week -week basis? And to be honest, I've not got a clue. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Don't let you follow that. I can't follow that. It's oh, brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it's just brilliant. Absolutely. It gets better and better every week. Um, so I hope you all go and show, show Callum some love for his, uh, for his segment. Um, Oxford, it's going to be a tough thing away from home. Some slight things in our in our favour. Ruben Rodriguez obviously getting suspended in his last game means he'll miss his, uh, his fixture against us. Good player for them. Uh, and obviously... Still, perhaps looking like they're on a bit of a slump uh, after losing their manager. Obviously, a pretty poor, by all accounts, defeat on Saturday. Ange, 
Your turn to go first this time round. What are you expecting from Oxford? I mean, I'm glad we're playing him after the result they had yesterday. Um, I'm glad we're playing him after the result we had yesterday. They're gonna be they're gonna be really wary of us coming to them. I think we just need to I think we've just gotta just go about our business as we do. Um come out what's worrying me this season is this slow start that we seem to have and I'd rather put a game I'd rather get the game put to bed. Um even yesterday when we ended up like a train through them, didn't we? But um let's just get the crowd on side. Let's if you go in loud and proud, are you going Chris? Yeah. Yeah, get behind them. Um, I don't expect it to be easy. No. It, these next two are games that I am particularly nervous about. Um, but I don't see any reason if we play like we can play why we, we don't win those matches, especially with the, the red card. And um, they both they both had a batter in this weekend, didn't they? So, mm. certainly did. Chris, over to you. What are you expecting? What are you uh, What are you feeling ahead of the game? Feeling, I'd be happy with a draw. Um, I don't do the whole points away. Any points away from home are good. Um, I, however, in the context of this game, given Oxford's position. Um, the same can be applied to Pompey as well. I'd be delighted with draws in, in both of those games in the sense that it's a point for us and we're taking points off them. Um, Ever made a good point yesterday um, in the sense that the context has changed now. We're, we're the chased as opposed to the chasers. So the way that things are approached change. Not the way we play, but the context of everything has changed. Um, and it's, I think, it, it, an opportunity. There's opportunities in both games, even if we draw, to, to create gap between the two. Um, I don't see Stevenage, and, and no disrespect, they've had a brilliant run under Evans um, and sat in fourth, three points behind us. They've won the last four. Brilliant run, but I, I really don't see them consolidating and maintaining that. Um, I see threats from Derby. I think Derby is starting to click into gear a little bit now after a really bad run. But I'd be happy with a draw. However, last two seasons, uh, Oxford's been it's been a fruitful trip. So I'd hope for a win, but I wouldn't be devastated. Okay. Yep, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, some saying that we are, are a much better team than Oxford. Uh, not entirely sure I, I agree with the the use of much better. Um, but, you know... We're a point better. Yep. Matt said Matt Wilson has said that Oxford has been a, a good hunting ground for us in recent seasons, which is exactly as you said there, Chris. Uh, so some fruitful results in, in in seasons gone by. So so hopefully we can we can you know build on that and take that. Can I, this this from Chris? We need to start pulling rank on teams like Oxford United. Um, 
I can see what you're saying there, and it's not disrespectful. I think it it's more um, about us really kicking on. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. When was the last time we were we were top of League One? I don't remember. I mean, albeit for a, a week or whatever, I don't know. But I, I, it's, it, I mean, just looking at it, it looks it looks wonderful. I mean, it's only 17 games. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? Seeing us top of that league. And from the start of the season, it was always, you know, straight after the playoffs, we don't want that again. We don't want that again. This is our season to do it automatically. And I think Chris is right that we do need to start believing in ourselves as opposed to pulling rank. I think that's probably a more suitable statement um, and saying, yeah, let's, you know, let's take you by the scruff of the neck. Um, but football has got a cruel habit of biting you square in the arse. I forgot to talk about Kyle Dempsey. Oh, you were good when he come on, wasn't he? Oh, my God, he looked sharp. Didn't he look sharp? He, oh, he did. He did, and you know. <laughs> Have a um, bloody hell. <laughs> well, I think, for me, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, for me, I think it emphasises how much was missing from his game in yes. the time leading up to, you know, in, in actually sitting it out, that he was nowhere near his, his own levels. Nowhere near. It's lovely to it see. Also, I love him. I love him. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I mean, it, I, it killed me seeing him holding back and not performing to the levels we know he can. So I was over the moon with him yesterday. With the, He just looked on it. Sharp yeah. as a tack, it, it was brilliant. It, it also emphasises the the absolute importance of giving players that time that they need to rest and recover, and how important it is, and how in our for, in our sake, how good it is that when you've got a squad that's you know pretty rich in depth and and numbers that you can afford players that time out to properly get back to to where they were up to, uh, and it's you know really really great for us especially this season because we've lacked it for, for quite a while now that we're able to do that with players mm. um and yeah it's just mint in it that midfield it's just it's a nice problem to have, isn't it to have that amount of time out with something which let's face it it's not like you know it's, it, it's not like he's twisted his ankle he's got a broken vertebrae in his back and he's gone away and had a son to see him come back looking that sharp to score one and to assist one in what 15 20 minutes 20 minutes ish i think yeah i know they were i mean extra were poor as i keep saying but my god you can only i was gonna say in all fairness chris i think even after your bath performance you could have gone on there and got a goal <laughs> and an assist yeah <laughs> cheers oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I mean, it's going to be a tough old run, and uh, all points are, are good points. But you know, we've got to we've got to go into these and and really assert ourselves and and hopefully retain that spot at the top of the league. Because I mean, I can get used to us being there. In all honesty, um. So, Chris, we'll uh, we'll fire over to you for your fan zone fan focus.
Colin's arrived just in time for his favourite bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I need to be on form after Ben said that Callum's bit's his favourite now, so I need to be, um, I need to be on it <laughs> right Wah. bloody hell we were just dissecting how you miss a 20 foot wide bath we you, you pack it in rather than lots Jesus Christ you're a uh, bath lot yeah oh dear me um, where do we honestly yeah. get gets harder every week doing this I swear so again thank you all for your comments, your questions, and your topics for debate. We'll start with um, a new name, I think, um, for certainly for this segment, which is Daniel, Daniel Buttery. Um, I, I'm not going to make jokes about biscuit bases or anything like that, Daniel. So, um, um, do you keep Paris in the team and Dempsey on the bench, or do you play both? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a great question. Um, well, let's start with Paris because obviously man of the match yesterday as voted by the viewers and the panel. Um, but just overall, since he came back from his injury, um, wow. Conversation on the way out last night. Um, and this will appeal to some, not all, who witnessed the Spanish wizard Ivan Campo at the Reebok. I'm not comparing Paris Begoma to Ivan Campo, by the way. Um, but it was Chris, I think, who made the comment saying that it took a few games um, for players to get on his wavelength. Um, and he took a lot of flack back in the day. Oh, God, he, he played for Real Madrid. He's rubbish. And then the realisation came in that actually it was the players around him who weren't tuned into the way that he played. He's like two or three passes, two or three movements, two or three phases ahead of everything else. Um, he's phenomenal. He really is. I can't... I, I, wow, what a player. What a player. But oh, somebody's just said, um, play them both together. Can't can't right now. Um, why would you change that midfield three as is, unless there's an injury or unless there's a a real dip in form by one of those three? Um, God, I mean, it doesn't get better than where we are now in terms of performances, goal output. Um, no. So for me, Daniel. Um, I would keep Dempsey on the bench um, and I would carry on with with what we've got at the moment because it's it clicks, it works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and I ain't, I, no way can I call for Paris to be dropped or for that midfield to be changed. And I just hope that we can find a way of getting Paris in that team on a contract because he's um, phenomenal. He's good for us and I think we're good for him. So you, you just can't. That midfield is just phenomenal, isn't it, in terms of, of quality in, in across the park. It's interesting to see. I think Everett has recognised that 
because it would appear that Morley is now playing more into the position that Sheehan takes up and is being yeah. trained and, and you know brought into that role because in all fairness, there isn't a spot anywhere else for him. I think Sheehan is the only one really in that position that doesn't really have any competition. Yeah. In terms of what he does. No. Whereas you look at the midfield, it's Paris. I mean, it's just Paris. Um, the only one that really, I think, comes into there is is probably Dempsey. I think he's his direct competition. And then obviously you've got Tomo on the other side. And I think the what Thomason does is equally as important. And the three complement each other really, yeah. really well. Sheehan does what Paris does, just at opposite ends of the pitch. And then Tomo just does everything else in between, basically. And it, the way Mixed it works... It all together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. It really is. But I think, if you think about the Stockport game when Sheehan was rested and Morley played, I thought Morley was excellent. And we talk about this togetherness and I think it's also the acceptance of the fact that you have to make... You, it, it's going to be that squad to get promoted as opposed to the 11 that start. Um, and they've got to accept the fact that people are going to have to warm the bench um, until such time as there is a valid reason for them to, to be starting, which is a dip in form, an injury or whatever it might be. They've just got to be accepting of that. And if you, if you manage players in that way, whichever it does very, very well, then... Happy days. So I need to let the dog out. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did allude to that Ian in his post-match interview, didn't he? That they all know that it's a. They're all tight as a squad. They they know there's going to be an, at this times when they're going to be benched or not even make the eighteen or whatever. So he mm. did kind of allude to that they must be having those sorts of conversations behind the scenes and and they all. If you notice when they tweet after a match, it's all very team orientated. Yeah. All of the tweets. Yeah. So even the players that don't get on or don't play, it's always like that was for the team, that was for the fans. I just think it's a really, I think they're a really tight squad. Mm. It's, uh, I think as well, if you think about substitute options just a few weeks ago compared to what they are now, um, and no disrespect to him, but excuse me, players like Jerome coming off the bench, etc. He's getting nowhere near at the moment. Um, and it is the depth is phenomenal. So, Daniel, that's a, a, a great question. Um, and a really, really tough one to answer. But what what a position to be in to have that Lovely. dilemma. Lovely. Um, next one's a quick and easy one. Um, and it's from Luke, Luke Robinson. And Dion is on. 13 goals in all competitions thus far this season. So I don't know if he's on about the league or all comps, but Luke's question is, how many goals will Dion Charles score this season? His prediction is 27, which is fair, considering the rate he's tracking at at the minute and where we are in the season, 17 games in. So... Given the competition, and obviously, as somebody's rightly pointed out, uh, Vic 
scored his seventh goal yesterday, was it? Um, yeah. Dan chipping in. Yon Daddy to Stockport. He's he, he's starting to, you know, he's cooking. So there's a lot of competition. So what do we say? Go on, Ben. Give us a shout. What do you think? How many goals will Dion Charles score in all competitions this season? Uh, I'm going to go for... 30. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I th well, I, it's only three more than... Only only three more than, than what the, the other prediction was. Yeah. So, I mean... Because it, all it takes is for us to play Exeter away, for him to get a hat-trick, for him to, you know, the, the Cheltenham's, those sorts of games where you can really, really yeah. run free. So, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for 30. I'm pretty, I'm confident. I, I really like the way he's playing this season. I really, yeah. really like it. He's, not being forced to come and get the ball. He knows now that the ball is going to find him. And that's something that massively, massively hampered his season last season. And he still was largely successful. So now that he knows that the chances are going to find him and he doesn't have to go looking for them, I I honestly think that 30 could, could be his number this, this season. I just The reason I put... Right, no, 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 all good points. Uh, the reason why I put this comment on from Mark... Mark Smith says that he thinks that Dion will score 29 goals if he stays. Um, and I think that is a very, very good point. I, yeah, he, there's going to be, obviously, there were rumours of Stoke having a look at him uh, in the last window. Um as he he's just signed a new deal though, hasn't he? So I can't see him leaving for anything short of a good few, Bob. Well, that, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Though, when it comes to a prolific lower league striker, one who is now an international goal scorer, there's going to be a, a big fee involved, regardless of his contract term. Um, somebody will come in and say, Right, we'll take him, as Mark said like five million quid or whatever it might be i don't know i might be overvaluing him but that's what it will be that'll be the conversation um interesting and what do you think i am going to say i hope he scores more yeah but i'm going to conservatively conservatively go with 26 And that'll do for me because we've got a prediction out of Ange and Ange doesn't do predictions. Cap <laughs> <laughs> it all off now. We can close down the pod. We don't have to carry on anymore. We've got a prediction out of Ange. First and last one. Now, if he gets an injury, it's your fault. Yeah, kiss of death. Um, <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I, I agree with Ben and I think there's been a few comments that obviously we would hope that we progress again in the Bristol Street Motors. Papa the car Jones. cup. Yeah. Our cup. Um, and if that's the case, I think he I, I think he'll break 30 this season. Um, and I think Ben, you make a very good point. 
he's just letting it happen, and he he's not forcing it. He's I tell you what, that cross for Iredale yesterday. That one minute. That shot. Where's that come from? That was outrageous. I mean, the move itself was phenomenal. It's been plastered all over Twitter today, not on the official Bolton Wanderers, I hasten to add, um, as just sublime football as a as a passenger play. It was unbelievable. But that shot, Andy was involved on the corner, Liam, that's right. That short corner routine for Vic's goal. His build-up play has massively improved this season and it needed to because he was a little bit sloppy in the final third with chances for other people. Um, But this season, it just all seems to have fallen into place for him. He's scoring at international level. The chances are coming to him. He's bagging. He's setting chances up for other people. He's got his Alice band. Everything's just going going well for him, isn't it? You know what it's down to? He's out Cameron Jerome. Oh, you think Cameron Jam's helping him off the pitch? I, I think it's, yeah. I well, he's not he's, helping him on it. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> he's probably doing something. But I think I think there's a big, whether it be psychological, whether it be technically or whatever it might be, I, and I've said it all along, I don't think that having a player like Cameron Jerome around the building could ever be a bad thing from a, an influence point of view. He would no. never do it on the pitch. He couldn't kick a dead dog in Canal, let's face it. Um, but oh, God, I shouldn't have said that should I? after what Dan was saying yesterday. Sorry. That was um he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't fire a, a, a football into an inflatable bat. <laughs> um but, but having a player of that of, of that experience, he's been there, he's done it. Oh, I'm getting some right pelters, and that's getting clipped seemingly. Don't be clipping that. I don't want detrimental comments about our plays plastered all over social media. It was said very, very tongue in cheek. Um, but just clip that bit as well and stick them both together. <laughs> Jesus, uh, but his influence, I don't think you can question it, and I think it, I think. Strategically, I think it's a, a touch of genius having him around the gap because I think it's doing D on the world of good. So, yeah, I'll go 30 plus. Well, I mean, it's, it's probably no coincidence that each and every one of our forwards is, you know, gradually improving. You yeah. look at Victor from where we saw him start and where he's at now. You look at Dan, who where he started and where he is now. You look at all of them, even Dion from last season to this season, there's all been a gradual improvement. And obviously some of that will be down to the team around them improving as a whole. But I don't think you can you can question that Jerome will have had an influence yeah. on, on that. And and he has the entire squad. You know, you can see it when when we score and and he's over there and he's, you know, in people's ears. You can see it. You, you can you can see it from a mile off. There's a lot of this, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. You, you like one of <laughs> All that. I think I think Thomason's picked that one up as well because I seem to recall him doing him doing the yeah, same yeah. or something similar. Yeah. The, I think that yeah, yeah there's it, it's definitely creating the right attitude um so yeah long may continue so finally 
Um, get off that question quick. Uh, Tomo67, could yesterday's results create complacency when looking at Tuesday versus Oxford? Um, no. Ian Abbott will no, not no, let no, that no, happen. No, 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 no. I think it's a, good, it's a good question. And, it, you know, you can have that seeded out in your mind. But it is that mentality shift that I referred to it earlier. Well, I pinched it off Everett. Um, we're being chased. We're no longer the chasers. Um and it does need a refocus and a mentality shift. Um, and as I said before, touching on, on what Chris said, you just got to have that confidence and that borderline arrogance that we are top of the league for a reason. I think for me, what puts it into perspective is Portsmouth's amazing run, 20-odd games unbeaten with two points ahead of them. Um it's just 56 goals in 23 games in all competitions, the most since 1934-35. BWFC stats, thank you. Uh, six successive clean sheets, first time since 1976. It's just records that Ebert is getting his team to break week in, week out, papering over the cracks, um, breaking records. You know the score. Something like, B something like Bebo. Um, but... We we are, and granted, it's it's at League One. But what do you expect him to do? Can't beat Championship teams, and we're not in it yet. We're doing it against the teams that we have to play week in, week out, and it's all about that. And let's not get, you know, let's not lose sight of that. I mean, watching games like that yesterday, watching performances like that yesterday, he's doing something right. Jesus Christ, right? So, Tomo67, do I think it could cause complacency, but will it be allowed? No chance. Not on your Nelly. No chance. But, again, it is another new challenge forever. This is, you know, he's, he's at yield now. He's at the highest possible, you know, the highest peak he's been at in football. So, how does he deal with it? interesting point that and i think i was actually going to follow that and i think if anything is going to get in the way of us turning up against either oxford or portsmouth it's not going to be complacency it'll be nerves and mm. a out of depth feeling in that very few of those players very few of the leaders on that pitch santos who was when we picked him up an amazon driver in non-league Ian Everett, who's never managed at this level before, there'll probably be a, a an out-of-depth feeling of, shit, we're in the deep end here and we've not really been here before. So it's, it's, you know, I think that will be the only thing that could creep in. Don't think it will. Uh, or I hope it won't. <laughs> I hope it won't. Upsteps can jam. But we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I'd also just like to add before we finish that for the 60 people who are watching this episode live madness. wow we Yay! I mean absolute madness. we were sat we were sat in the group chat the other night after we'd just had our one year special and you'll forgive our cynicism but we'd just come away from a one year special with 
Tim Ream, David Wheater, and Ben Laws, who's a who's a comedian from Bolton. And uh, we were looking at the recent episode, which was uh, obviously after after Blackpool, and it had blown the the viewing figures for everything else way out of the water. And we were just sat thinking, what is going on? Because your support and the, the people that have been tuning in, it's just been unbelievable. Can I just add to that as well? That I think Ange mentioned it the other week when you getting to know people around the ground and at away games and stuff like that and having conversations with people who through the pod because of the pod it's mad seriously i don't think you realize how mad it is it's like what it, it is it's a it messes with your head in a really really good way a really really good way so can't thank you enough can i just can i just add something um Sorry, I thought we got rid of Colin. No, no. I'm afraid. Um, sad day today, football wise. Oh. Um, obviously, he's never played for Bolton, he's never managed Bolton. Uh, no, no connection to Bolton whatsoever, but for those that were around for Euro 96, um, Unfortunately, we lost El Tel today, Terry Venables, who died at 80. Um, and Jesus, I bumped into him once on a tell me story. I'm going to get it in there. I actually went, I was in the Popcorn Hotel in Manchester on Salford Keys, and he was in there with Gabby Yorith or whatever she's called these days. And they'd just been commentating on a game at Old Trafford. I think it was United versus Gothenburg in the Champions League. And I was drunk. And I saw Terry in the bar and I had to go and tell him how his team of, in Euro 96 changed the way that I view football. Um, it sparked something. I was 24 at the time, um, but it was an amazing time. He, he was the player that, for me, um, made Gaza the player that he was. Um, managed at Barcelona, but what he did for England was just phenomenal. And he was an absolute geezer. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to say something about Altel, really, because I think it's worth it, because it's a football pod. Um, Absolutely. And, and he was a great Absolutely. football man. So, you'd be missed. So, there you go. Indeed. Um, you've sort of... Shit on my uh, next bit of news, Chris, if I'm honest, because I can't really follow that, can I? Um, on a slightly more positive note, um, keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of days. Uh, from the 1st of December, the Fanzone pod will have some very exciting things coming your way. Uh, oh, yeah. 24 days worth of, of things, may I add. We are uh, looking forward to it. There is uh, lots going on, lots to be involved with, and it all starts on the 1st of December. So keep your eyes peeled. If you're not already, follow us on our socials. They're all along the bottom of the screen there. Twitter will be where most of it is, is out and about. So keep your eyes on our Twitter, get following us. 1st of December is where it all starts. Uh, and until then, take care, and we will catch you in the next one. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.